Oh shit. Make us a mixtape time. I'm Paul Farvar. I'm Marty DeRosa. We are doing the office Christmas party edition uh, with Christmas in the air. We got to cover Christmas music, right? That is correct. Uh, I love Christmas music. I There are so many songs like as usual when you send, if either of us send a mix to each other right away, I'm like, yeah. I forgot about like, for me, there's like, all those old, like, you know, uh, all the like Phil Spector, like Christmas songs are, you know, the old, like, uh, I don't know, is it the rock? What? Give me an example of a Phil Spector. Like all those old Christmas songs that are in like Uncle Buck and, you know, all the like classic Christmas songs. I was like, oh, I forgot about those. Yeah. And uh, Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town. When he oh, laughs, shit. yeah. When, when he that. laughs, when he's like Santa Claus, I was like, I don't yeah. know why they like the best. It's so awesome. They had a uh, they had a thing about that with uh, Max Weinberg on Conan O'Brien being like, oh well, you know, and they they address the Jews in the Santa Claus is coming to town. It's a it's a great skit. I'm not. I mean, I'm, oh oh okay. I think Max up. Weinberg was the was like the third the third fiddle on uh, Conan when Andy Richter and Max Weinberg, who was, he was also in the Easter band from Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So they addressed the whole Santa Claus is coming to town. It's like, oh, you Jews too. And then they showed yeah. Max Weinberg going like this. Oh, we got uh, the uh, Adam Sandler, the Hanukkah song or whatever. I was gonna address that. Like, I loved the, uh, uh, this is uh, Hooray for Hanukkah. That that, that song yeah. obviously is, yeah. as a person who wasn't, uh, technically Christian growing up, you know, we were looking forward to that kind of stuff. Um, I would remiss if we didn't bring up Blue Christmas, Elvis. I thought that was a big one that I wanted yeah. to put on. Because well, uh, the way we did it, we each picked two songs and then we had a, a the Ready of Peace song, a, a combined shared song. Right, uh, we, we didn't have time. It would be, it would be a, it was a, be a three. Sure there's longer so, than Christmas. Yeah, I'm sure there's so many songs and I went, you know, with my usual one trashy, one classy uh, <laughs> Christmas songs. I think um, that um, there were two other ones that I want to mention. Uh, Happy Christmas with John Lennon and Yoko Ono. We, we have to bring that up because it's the anniversary of his death uh, this week. Uh, when this airs, it'll be a, a couple of days after. So yeah. that was one that, that was hard for me to cut. And Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. That was hey. one that... Hey, I remember as a kid, I was like, what the hell is happening? Johnny Paycheck, right? Johnny Paycheck. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was passed, uh, passed away recently, I think. And then uh, one of the songs I thought about, but I had played it on the podcast before, was that uh, Marilyn Manson, Mariah Carey, Beautiful <laughs> People. Maybe we'll close with that once again, because I think that's like a banger. That's like a hit. Well, we started with what I think is the best way to start the Christmas office party. Uh, with Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. Um, this video was so amazing. Huge. And, Huge. and for me, as a kid, where I was, well, let's play a little of it before we get in trouble with, uh, I mean. We're undefeated with our copyright strikes, correct? Yeah, we're, we're on, we're on, uh, we're on. Undefeated. Our lawyer did a good job though. Um, yeah, yeah, Paul in the legal department. Um, I remember when this came out, 
And I was, I still thought rap was going to be just like a passing fad. I, I, I mean, literally when that came out, Run DMC was, when this came out, I was like, okay, they're making fun of the fact that like, they're going to be bigger than everything. So when I was a little kid and this song came out, um, where I lived in Indiana, I was on the Indiana, Illinois border. And one of the first towns is South Holland, Illinois. That's like by the border. And they had a big water tower that says South Holland. And I remember thinking they were saying Christmas in uh, Holland. And I was thinking they're from South Holland. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like these guys are from South Holland. Uh, Obviously they weren't, but uh, that's like my first memory of thinking like, oh, cool. Um, I do remember that video. I thought they were like Weird Al, like they were like a Weird Al type of group. Like they just did silly songs. Right. I mean, they already had some songs before this on MTV, I think, but this one was the Aerosmith. One. I, I just saw the Aerosmith song and this, Watch so I thought like they were like the rap Weird Al. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the line in here where I, I agree with you that made me think that it was a joke was where they go, what did I see an ill reindeer? Like I was like, and then they show like the reindeer in the video. I thought that was hilarious. And I was like, okay, but these guys are making, they're in on the joke. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I yeah. felt like maybe rap will survive. And then for years I ignored rap. And <laughs> like a lot of things I was wrong. Like MTV, about. you ignored rap till it was unavoidable. Which is true. And tell people Mark, about tell people to keep reading that book, man. Yes. We're gonna do an episode. Marty has talked me into reading this book. I was very intimidated because it it, it surpasses my rule on books over three hundred pages. But You've got a lot of rules about books. You don't lend them out, and you don't read. I mean, but you're gonna let me borrow a book, or I'm gonna just steal one next time I'm over. It's just this is happening. This is ridiculous. This is such a good book, and it's yeah. so good. And you're right. MTV ignored rap, ignored black artists. I mean, yeah. And they had to be talked into playing Billie Jean, which like literally Michael Jackson had to come along for them to be like, fine, we'll play one less Duran Duran video every hour and we'll play Michael <laughs> and, Jackson. And if you if you don't believe there was, whether you believe there's still institutionalized racism or not, and we're not very political on the show, but the fact that Billie Jean, which is a fucking artwork and and is like a creative genius video for that. Yeah. I mean, forget Thriller, was almost never played on MTV, but they played on repeat Rod mm-hmm. Stewart fucking in a eight millimeter camera yeah. seducing a lady or the band Toto just playing live. Yeah. Four white dudes, Journey yeah. air guitaring. I mean, yeah. that was 1983. It- they thought everybody would just turn the channel and be like, no way. And, uh, you know, little did they know uh, he, he would be one of the uh, people who made that channel. They, he saved the channel in a lot of ways, too. They would talk about it. I can't speak highly enough that book. We will have to, when I finish this book, we will have a, a special on I Want My MTV for you tape heads. Yeah. Definitely get the book so you can play along. On, I don't know how we'll catch yeah. it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Uh, maybe that'll be like the first one of the new year to let everybody kind of get the reading. But I, again, it's like for me uh, and the books I read in a row, it was like uh, everybody loves our town, which covered grunge. Yeah. And then I jumped to maybe in the bathroom, which was like New York in the 2000s, early 2000s. Yeah. And then the MTV book. Like, I don't know if you're not a reader. I get it. I'm not a reader. I'm not a huge reader. 
but those oral histories, like I just, I would sit at uh, the intelligentsia by my house. I'd sneak a couple white claws in, in my Yeti. And I would just read that book all morning till the, till the edible hit and I had to go home. Um, but it's, it's such a good book. I can't, I can't recommend it enough. So good. And I'm so, yeah. you did recommend that to me. What? I recommended the New York Christmas party here. What's that? Yeah. Let's get back, let's to, get the back. Let's get back to the office Christmas party. To the office Christmas party. Yes, uh, and where things get off on the tangents, but everything's going to be cool, as the eels say, which is our second song on the Christmas list. We just, uh, say, eels. we just say we just say eels. The eels, yeah. Or just eels, not the eels. No, no, no. no. Just eels, yeah. Eels, right. I said, I said it wrong because I'm a boomer. Let's play a little of this before we get canceled on the... Not a fat Albert. It's just fat Albert. PH. I mean, you don't even know there's a Christmas uh, song until just that part. Are there like subtle, subtle sleigh bells in the background? I think it's some verse there is, but let me ask you this. I mean, we've had eels discussed on this show many a times. Love them. Love them. One of your them. introductions to the podcast. Why, why is this? Why is this on the office Christmas party list, Marty? I uh, am a huge fan, and this song. There's a there's a uh, uh, part of it where he goes like baby Jesus. Like there's like a drum solo, and he's like baby Jesus, let it rip or something. And it's just like brrr, the drums are so good in the song. Um, I just love like a song that's so good, a Christmas song that's so good. You can listen to it in the summer and you're still just like, yeah, this is still good. Sure. I, I, I'll say that about uh, one of the songs that comes up later on the list. But yeah, I mean, the Eels are, uh, is, are, uh, are uh, uh, one of those uh, treasures that you've brought to, the, to my attention. I still have my on my yeah. regular mix. I have the other Eels songs that you've introduced me to. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a great song. It's it's upbeat and happy. I, I like it. It's so good. If you if you just go to you know whether it's Spotify or iTunes or whatever, the top eel songs are just so good. It's a, a, a band that's been putting out good music since you know ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Um, like there's there's uh, concerts where they just do like a, a string quartet or something. It's just like it's basically the E, the one main dude. Um, but man, oh man, there's just like so many good songs. And, uh, yeah, this is just like one of my favorites. So, and you listen to this, whether it's Christmas or not. I mean, I guess. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. It's got like a, a Jay Maskus dinosaur junior feel to it a little bit too. Just that edgy sure, yeah. grunt, gr- gritty guitar, um, minus the lead guitar part, but otherwise. You like his voice? Yeah. His voice too, I think is kind of like Jay Maskus. not as talky, I guess, as Jay Maskus, but still pretty badass. Yeah. Um, brings us to our, our next song, uh, just called Christmas by Froggy yes. Flush. AKA Krispy Kreme, uh, the former Krispy Kreme, who obviously had to change his name for legal reasons, but let's listen to a little Christmas. Hey, money maker, Mac. Christmas song. 
First thing on my list, go figure. It's a brand new John Cena action figure. Second thing on my list, guess what? It's a really cute girl with a really cute butt. Mike said, Froggy Fresh. <laughs> Video for this is so dumb. It's great. It, it uh, just feels like their voice is fake. I feel like he's just purposely doing a yeah. fake accent. It's one of those things where uh, the first time I saw it, I was like, all right, this is clearly like some well-crafted, put together, like let's go viral type of thing. Um, it's just this dude. Uh, he's uh, the other day, Sarah and I were like, I wonder what he's been up to. Uh, he's trying to be like a, I don't know, kind of like a soul singer now, um, but drop, but like, drops, and drops some n bombs in the songs and shit. And it's just like, ooh, he's a white guy. Yeah, how how a little, he's a little he's a little muscly white guy. And uh, where's he, he from? Like, I mean, is that really his voice? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, like he's trying. He's like at a piano and he's kind of doing that like edge edge lord white guy kind of thing and it's like man i don't know he it, we were watching it we're just like oh, oh yeah shit. here's his picture his name is tyler stephen cassidy yeah formerly known as froggy fresh yeah he's trying to do the uh the singer songwriter it's like he's trying i don't know i don't know exactly how i would describe it it's it's kind of uh uh ben folds meets like uh you know, like a, a a YouTuber who's like trying to be shocking to uh, get them views or something. Yeah, he's got a, a he his viral view. He, they call him the Southern speaking accent. That's that's a, a light way of saying it, I suppose. Yeah, but, um, yeah. He's but got I, his own merchandise page, Froggy Fresh LLC. It's you know, I'm a I'm a, a sucker for a trashy song with wrestling references, and he may, just keeps mentioning John Cena and all these different John Cena things he got for Christmas. And uh, I think Cena wrote, Cena, Cena texted back to him or, or tweeted back at him or whatever back in the day. So. Yeah, I did notice the John Cena reference. I have that in my notes to, to say, is it, that why? It's, it's super funny where it's just like, it was such a perfect package where it's like, of course this blew up. Like his DJ moneymaker, Mike is just the skinny, skinny kid with glasses. Like it's a great combo. It's like a great package. He had a, he had uh, he was on Tosh.0 oh, mm-hmm. as part of a web redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a Halloween song. I feel like he's just trying to cash in on all the holidays. I mean, he was like he he was like uh, kind of like Will Smith, where he would write songs about like other celebrities and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, dear God, but the new the new stuff that I heard was kind of like, oh, I don't know about all that dream team yeah he's got yeah if it seems like he's gone viral on youtube and yeah. then he, uh yeah well halloween 2 he's got two halloween songs friday the 13th reindeer games like he's yeah. just cashing in on holiday songs sometimes you got to go back to the well he has a <laughs> he has a music video called jimmy butler is your father i don't remember that one i know dream team was a good one. <laughs> oh dear god yeah, he's got to get he's got to get a flag day one going here. To but they're pretty. The videos are uh, very entertaining. All right. Well, he's in like little he's in like little kid like a little kid zip up onesie pajamas like footsie pajamas. Okay. And uh, this is great. It's just great. All right. Well, speaking of videos that yeah blow your mind, and this was talked about in the book. Make us a mixtape. This next song, 
at the book make us a mixtape. We haven't written that oh, yet. Sorry, I want I want my MTV. We haven't written the world history of this podcast. Just we yet. will have a make us a mixtape video. Uh, chapter, one, mixtape. chapter one. Paul wanted us to do an entire album. <laughs> Insanity. Different concepts that didn't make it. Chapter two. Why Marty is wrong about the police. But <laughs> this is where I think I. I this song to me. Um, it, it, it's still one of my favorite songs. I know it's cheesy, but it's called Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid, which they cover in the book, I Want My MTV. Yeah. That's Paul Young. And goes right into Boy George. This blew my mind as a little kid. This and like We Are the World too, like, I just couldn't fathom that all these stars would get together. I remember how much I loved this song. I had the single, and I and you, as a lot of people know, I, I did a Facebook Marketplace clean out this uh, COVID, and getting rid of this single was so hard for me because someone paid like three dollars for it, and I was like, "Why did you get rid of it then?" I don't know. Well, what else? I Giving you three dollars just to keep it. I don't know. I don't know what I could. Keep. I wanted them to. Have, I mean, it's bringing them joy. But where could I have played it? I got rid of my turntable. You know, it's just taking up space. But such a good song. I remember watching the video, which you learn from. I want my MTV. They just set up a camera in front, and they were like, they didn't even have a song yet written. Yeah. And they just, they're like, you have to make a video for this because MTV wants a video. Yeah. And uh, it's just all the people coming in to record their parts. And at the time, there was no We Are the World yet. We Are the World copied them. Bob Geldof basically forced his way into having all these people on this and later Live Aid. Yeah. Um, it's, you got, you got Sting, you got mm-hmm. Bono, you got uh, Duran Duran, Boy George, uh, Paul Young, who's all over the place in this. I think he was co-wrote it because he gave himself all the parts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's such a great song. And it, I, to me, it still holds up. Um, I still love it. I don't know. I don't know why you don't like it, Marty. It's just fine. <laughs> I mean, I think like, you know, these big giant mega songs, I feel like it's like, it's cool watching the video and watching everybody show up. Because um, again, it was like, blew my mind that all these different stars would get together. Uh, I wonder, they talk about it a little bit of like the, the politics of like who got the best parts and who tried to outsing each other and stuff like yeah. that, where they would kind of pit people against each other to be like, well, they're doing it. And they're like, all right, if they're doing it, I'm in. And I want, I want the chorus or, you know, it was like, it was very interesting. Um, I'm glad that, you know, it's tough when these songs, when everybody gets together to make these, I mean, like, as cheesy as it is, the last, I would say, attempt was when all everybody sang Imagine on their phones. And that was like, oh, oh, God. That was like ugh, that was but, um, you know, it was one of those things, too, where I mean, I as a little kid, that was probably the first time that I was like, oh, they're starving people in Africa. Like, sure. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I uh, that's they brought so much attention to that issue, you know, that starving kids in, in Ethiopia. It was written by. Bob Geldof and Midge Err, who uh, from Ultravox, the band, uh, who we t- we talked about on the podcast with Param Parastrom. But yeah, I mean, it had so many great great artists on there. Um, I don't know why Paul Young got all the all, got all the uh, beginning and endings on that. Maybe they thought he was going to be a lot bigger. 
I mean, it's not like uh, MTV didn't put the uh, put all their power behind the wrong person before and think like this right. is the guy. Right, but uh, I, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, I loved this song and I was so mad at We Are The World because I thought it was just a ripoff. I was like, they're just stealing all the, the glory of this guy, Bob Geldof. And, uh, and I, and I Look, just didn't like it. Looking back now, what do you think is the better song? I still think this is a better song. We Are The World is a good song, but I feel like it's just too like, um, I don't know. I, I think this was more uh, rock and poppy. Mm-hmm. like new wave 80s style we are the world is kind of like a, it kind of had like a gospel feel to it you know yeah yeah i think so i think musically this is a better song than we are yeah. the world I, I i mean to this day it's it's still one of my favorite i i love this song i think it's great and uh if it's on the radio which is rare i think it's great yeah. and it's funny that phil collins is the drummer on this he doesn't sing yeah or maybe he sings on the chorus i'm not sure but they were like, nah, nah, nah. It's like you know when a when a uh, when a uh, performer um, is like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, like a comic. Sometimes a comic gets booked who plays music, and they're like, I don't want to play music, and they're like, well, you have to play music. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you have to play music. Uh, with Phil Collins, they were like, you're drumming. That's just the deal. <laughs> well, this was right after he started singing for Genesis and. Uh, you know, that's when Peter Gabriel was no longer at the band. So maybe they were like, well, you know, why don't we just let you do this? We don't want to create a rift and take sides in the whole Peter Gabriel. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess not. I thought somebody was at my door. That's weird. So, so people need to know you are in Texas. I am in Florida. I think I'm the only person in this hotel right now. It's so weird. <laughs> like The Shining. Yeah, it's a cool, it looks like a nice hotel. Yeah. Like. Um, but yeah, great song. And, and Live Aid was so cool, I thought. I was really bummed because I remember I was at uh, my tennis club uh, when Live Aid was streaming live. In- Your tennis club? Yeah, I was. my parents would drive me off in the morning and I just would stay there and they'd be like, go play tennis. Mm-hmm. And then I, I heard about it and I was calling my mom because I wanted to go home and watch it because I knew the police were going to be on it. And uh, and Duran Duran, U2, all bands that I liked at the time. The police, I still do. But, um, and I was so mad I got to miss it. I, I missed it. But, um, but, you know, MTV played it 8 million times after that. So No, they didn't play the whole thing. Oh. They played like parts of it. I thought, I mean, you couldn't watch the part where um, uh, there was like a part in that where th- there were parts that they didn't replay. The, yeah. I, I think they played the highlights of like the, okay. the artists that they really wanted to, but I like the, I like the deep cuts back then, you know? Okay. I thought this was one of those where they played the shit out of it every Christmas. They might've played the highlights, but you got to remember Live Aid was 24 hours. I mean, it was a long- Oh yeah, that's long, true. They're not going to play a whole thing. They're gonna I, play I, like, I have to like revisit- that I don't remember. That was the big Queen performance, right? At Live Aid. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's where in the in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody they they rewrite history. But uh, yeah, right. I heard there was. I I didn't see that movie, but I saw. Great. I saw somebody's review of it. Uh, I think it was. There's a great um, YouTube video called Pitch Meeting, where it's this guy who plays the producer and the writer of the movie. 
And the producer is like, but I thought, you know, he goes, I don't care. We'll just change it. And he's like, you know, they just make it seem like that was his last performance. Yeah. You know, they just like take any creative liberties you need to, to make the movie. fit. So many creative, but you know what you, as a queen fan, you forget, you forgive it. Cause you're like, wait a minute, that couldn't have happened. Like they show the manager, like turning up the music during mm-hmm. Queen's performance of Live Aid. And it's like, first of all, there's no way they're gonna let the manager of one of the bands in the in this in the monitor or the the sound stage of yeah. the largest concert, Webley Stadium or whatever. I but bet when they make when I when I um write and direct the Limp Biscuit biopic, <laughs> just called Nookie. That's all we're gonna call it, is just Nookie or Break Stuff. I don't know. What do you like better? Break stuff or Nookie? <laughs> I, I wouldn't watch either. But what wh- why is it? Did they have a song? I feel like Limbiscuit should have had a Christmas song. Oh, I mean, I would love to think they did. I don't know enough to it know. Seems like something in their marketing plan that they would have been like, we should do. I mean, Fred Durst in all his wisdom. I mean, that's money, baby. A Christmas yeah. song. Look at Mariah Carey. That Mariah Carey, I mean, that song. I mean, every Christmas, she must just get a, a, a dump truck full of money dumped into her front yard. Song. It's the most played Christmas song of all time. Mariah Carey, uh, we, we'd be remiss if we don't even at least acknowledge it. Like, Well, we did because we're going to do the mashup with Marilyn Manson. Oh, okay, fair enough. Which is the greatest yeah. mashup of all time. I mean, the my niece is six years old and she knows all the words to the Mariah Carey song. That's how, I mean, that song has got to be what, 30 years old now? I, I don't know. It's at least 20. Yeah, 25. Yeah. 25 years. And Probably. it's still the most, I mean, every kid is, knows the lyrics to that song. I mean, I feel like if you're a, if you're a pop art, a pop singer uh, or group, you pretty much have to have the Christmas song. Yeah. It's just standard. I bet all those boy bands did real cheesy Christmas songs back in the day. Um, I don't remember any of them doing it, but I, I don't, I don't doubt it. Oh, I bet. Um, you know. Has, has there been another Christmas song that's like in the last 10 years that has been like even a dent? I think that Michael Buble had one or something. I don't know. Probably there's probably people at home screaming at their stereo at their at their speakers. You don't know about Mariah. I heard did they they made a, a movie called Last Christmas where it was like I gave you my heart and it was like a heart transplant or something was like the big finale or something. I could be totally wrong, but like I swore they did a movie. I, I'm gonna look this up while we're talking. I'm pretty sure they did a movie called Last Christmas. And um, are you and talking it, about the movie that was filmed in Chicago where the ape goes crazy when he she sees the or she had a transplant with the woman. It was his whole, it's like what? a famous movie. You know no. what I'm like? Oh my God, people are really so mad at us right now. I know. Um, I, I wish I did my research. Um, Return to Me, I think it's called. Okay, I remember that. Where the ape goes crazy. It's a comedy drama. Bonnie Hunt, David Duchovny. Oh yeah. I remember renting that back in the day at Hollywood Video. I do remember that. Yeah, I thought that's what you were talking about. So, uh, so last Christmas... Um, it was a, uh, a Paul Feig directed movie with Emma Thompson uh, and it was a, a Londoner. Nothing seems to go right for young Kate, a frustrated Londoner who works as an elf uh, in a year round Christmas shop. Oh, by the way, 
Netflix does like the movies that made us or whatever. Um, they have a Christmas movie episode about Elf that is like so good. Uh, you should about go out. Elf? What do you mean? About the movie Elf, like how the movie Elf got made. Oh, okay. Um, really good. Um, I don't know. Last Christmas, who knows? I could be totally wrong, but I'm pretty sure they like literally take the I gave you my heart. Uh, that might be the end. If I spoiled it, I'm so sorry. I ruined a terrible movie. <laughs> Oh shit! I feel like there should be more like Christmas songs, like like Adam Sandler did. You know, like a, a goof. A sp- there hasn't been comedians who's who've done that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that. I think Larry the Cable Guy did a Christmas song. I mean, he I sure. think. I mean, like you said, this is a cash grab. A Christmas song, Great. total cash grab. Um, We're only doing this episode as a cash grab. We're getting so much money for this. I picture all those boy bands, like in my head, I'm seeing them in like, like white and red and green sweat, like those big sweater, turtleneck sweaters. Those in between. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that there's, we're missing just so many bad Christmas songs. If, if we missed any Christmas songs that you want on the list, message yeah. us at paulmartymakes at gmail.com. Let us know before we get into our last song. Also, let us know if there has been a song in the last 10 years that has come even close to the right. Mariah Carey song. You know? Froggy Precious, Christmas, Christmas, Can I Get a Witness? Uh, I don't think that counts. I, although he does have songs with over 11 million hits on YouTube, it says. But okay. uh, we get to Last Christmas, which was a song both you and I agree this last song uh, for the office Christmas party uh, is my favorite Christmas song. One of my favorite ones, if not the best. This is Last Christmas by Wham. Who would have thought somebody heard this and went, I'm going to write a movie about this. You forget how 80s it is with that synth beginning, but it holds up, man. I mean, for all the shit I thought of Wham and George Michael when I was a kid, he does, the music does hold up. The guy has written some amazing songs. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I just, I just looked it up here. Okay. Uh, explaining the last Christmas twist. Tom died in a biking accident last Christmas, shortly after which Kate, who needed a heart transplant, received the heart. In their final scene together, after Kate learns the truth, Tom says that he was, quote, always going, she was always going to have my heart one way or another. And and where can people find this? Uh, the movie Last Christmas? Yes. Uh, I don't know, wherever it's streaming. <laughs> it's not on like a Hallmark no, no, it was like a real. It was a real movie in the theaters. Anyone uh, famous in it? It came out last year. It was. This was like really recent. A- anyone? Fa- any actors that we know? Uh, Emma Thompson, I think, was in it. Are you serious? Oh, that's a that's legit. It was like, Paul Feig directed it. It was like a legit movie. Okay, all right. Emma all right. Clark. I'm sorry, Emma Clark. Did uh, and did they get to play this song in there? You think? Or they of course, like, of course. Royalties. They had someone cover it. Uh, no, they probably played the whole song. Um, what was the song in, uh, in, um, Love Actually? What was the big Christmas song he did in that? Oh, 
That's a good question. We need one of those like Joe Rogan guys, like Jamie, look, look that up. Um, yeah, that was a cover, I, I presume. The Love Actually soundtrack. Let's if see. that movie gives us any indication, I feel like Christmas songs are a big deal. In, in All I Want for Christmas is You. Okay. And it had Christmases all around, White Christmas. They had a lot of Christmas songs in there. Um, uh, I don't know which one you're talking about. You're talking about the one at the end of the movie? Yeah, where the guy's like, if it goes number one, I'll go naked. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Or Christmas is all around, maybe. I think it's all I want for Christmas is you because he like dedicated it to his manager. Olivia. I love Love Actually. Like, it's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Really? I I really like, for whatever reason, I really like that movie. We did a a spoof of that uh, for Drink Day Laugh, the show at the Laugh Factory, where me, Ross Kelly, and Andrew Sitter. We did like a spoof of it and, and promote it. And it, it did well, but it's so funny that people were messaging us saying, 90% of them women saying that that's my favorite. That's yeah. my favorite movie. It's it's good. I like it. It's, I like Billy Billy Bob as the like Bill Clinton-y, sure. smart-y pre- president. I love it. It was great. They they had their finger on the pulse that we would have a real sleazeball i mean there we've had a lot of sleazeball presidents but just kind of like a dickhead president they were way ahead of their time on that i just to this day i i feel like maybe it's just you know i have some loyalty to my friends but that guy is like he had those cards where he's trying to take his friend's girlfriend i mean that was a little weird. <laughs> that's kind of a and and people are you're people are rooting for him i'm like do are we forgetting that yeah cocking trying to to cuck this guy who's his friend. Trying to bird dog. That's, that's called bird dogging. That's bird. stealing a girl. That's bird dogging. Any cucking, that's bird dogging. He's trying to steal his bud's girl. So last Christmas, Wham, uh, when I was a kid, I used to make fun of Wham. And, and it talks about it. And I want my MTV on how they were, you know, had these super like atrocious videos uh-huh. early on. Not, not when George Michael took over, but, you know, they're yeah. in the short shorts. Wake me up. I mean, it was super flamboyant. I need to know what, like, the con- what the Bill Hicks is of that time we're saying about that. Like, what did Bill Hicks say about that video? Like, oh, I mean, that's when you were throwing out the word gay. Like, so bad. I remember when I was at my old job, I would test old people's hearing, and that Liberace movie, uh, the what is it, Behind the Candelabra or whatever, came out with Matt Damon. You know, the, the HBO did a HBO did a um, Liberace movie. Okay. Yeah. Where uh, Michael Douglas played Liberace. Yeah. Okay. And this one lady and I were talking about it and I go, hey, back in the day, did it, what did people think about Liberace? She goes, we all knew he was gay. We just went along with it, that he was straight. Um, well, yeah, of course. But I mean, you're talking about the videos being like a hint as to George Michael later <laughs> going down on the guy. In the- <laughs> a hint? That they might have been gay? I mean... Well, Andrew Ridley isn't gay. The other guy. He's oh, like really? A, I don't think so. He's like a race car driver. And uh, <laughs> he's like... He, George Michael... I had no idea. I thought they... I mean, those video That wake me up before you go, go. Remember, after that, when George Michael went solo, he did Freedom, which was an awesome video and an awesome song. I watch it often when I'm blitzed sure. out of my mind. Um. He had so many songs where uh, storytelling from faith. faith, 
and then freedom where he's like i'm burning that that's not me anymore i'm done with that yeah. part i'm not the leather jacket guy faith, yeah i mean the faith i think was kind of flamboyant i suppose but the rest of the stuff you were like he was with attractive models so there was no hint of him being gay but i remember hating wham because i was like these songs are so cheesy but mm -hmm. in hindsight a lot of those have held up faith is a great song i think careless whisper is an amazing song hey freedom is like it freedom might be my favorite song of his it might be my favorite song of his father figures okay but freedom is a great song i i've had that i still listen to that but last christmas is in my opinion one of the best songs of christmas songs right and uh and, and it's too bad that it hasn't like gotten the Mariah Carey level. I think it's because of the 80s feel. I, it's kind of like, uh, it's sadder than, you know, it's not as bubbly. You think it would have, yeah, you think it would have made a big comeback with like 80s making its resurgence and stuff like that. And it's just yeah. like, you know, I don't know. It's a great song. I do think it's a great song, but uh, I, and I, and it's funny that I always feel bad for, uh, for the fact that I didn't give Wham the credit that they deserved. I mean, I think they're fine. I think I think they've gotten enough. I feel like, I, but I feel like I wish I would have known that while George Michael was alive, because I could have just told him, you know, I'm sorry for all the negative thoughts I had about you. Yeah, I mean, it, to go from Wham to the singles career he had was like that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Like in wrestling, a lot of times the tag teams break up and then one guy goes <laughs> on. Yeah. George Michael's definitely the Shawn Michaels and the other guy's the Marty Jannetty. And if, if you get it at home, I love you. Thank you for getting it. Um, I don't, I don't, uh, it, it's funny that I don't understand it. I, I guess I do, but so many people are still George Michael fans. Like I have friends yeah. who that's their favorite artist of all time. That wild favorite of all time and, all. and multiple people, men and women who say that. So, yeah. I mean, the look and the videos and I think in the, in I Want My MTV, I might be thinking of another book, but they, I think they interview a woman who was his like stylist or something. And they would say, oh yeah, we're dating. And, uh, you know, there were, he had a lot of uh, beards that would yeah. cover for him. There yeah. were, I think some were like models that like he would, or he would just walk around so people would never question it. Yeah, because um, I think his makeup artist with that too, right? Didn't I think they were friends, and she's like, "It was fine, no big deal." Like I didn't mind. Or maybe he was bisexual for a while. Who knows? I don't know. Who, who are we to say? Who will never know because he's gone. Hey, it's Christmas. Be who you want to be with. Love who you want to love. What else can we cover in the Christmas holiday office party before we go out on the mashup? I have the mashup ready to go for. Hey, us. good. I know, uh, I know what you want. How would you feel? How would you, let me ask you this question? How would you feel if you were a a uh, either in a band or a solo and your biggest hit was a Christmas song? Would that feel kind of like an asterisk in the in the record book? No, I think I wouldn't care. And, and I've said this before. We talked about it. The ongoing history of new music. I I have no, I don't think there's any shame in being a one hit wonder. And I would say the same thing about a holiday song. So if your biggest song is a holiday song, what, what months holiday? what months can you play it at a concert where it's not like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Well, 
I'm I'm assuming that the holiday song is a legit holiday and it's not like it's a Christmas hit. It's a Christmas yeah. hit. Okay, because it would be weird if it was like Columbus Day and then all of a sudden it's canceled because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knew that he was a bad guy. Um, I would say for Christmas you can play it all of all of December, all of yeah. January, all of November. Yeah. Okay, that's it. And I'll and I'll let you do Christmas in July. Oh, Christmas in July, yeah. What? I'll allow it. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. What, what would you feel bad? I don't think. I mean, would you have a problem with being a one hit wonder or a Christmas star? I mean, it's not ideal, but I, I, I would. I'd, it would be. I'd still take it, you know. But I think it's like to me, it's like, like if your first, if your, if your first big hit is a cover, right? You know, it's kind of like in that in that in that arena if if you're is a, a cover that you give credit to or like a bitter sweet symphony cover where you kind of like oh no we just borrowed it and didn't no no it. no like like um one of the one of one of the knocks uh, uh against limp biscuit one of the few knocks against limp biscuit no it was like oh your first big hit was a cover you yeah. know and uh and that was like a big thing with Nirvana with Kurt Cobain was like, oh man, our first, like the first song, oh, it's a cover or whatever. Um, you know, I think that sometimes is like, there are, there are bands. Now it's like, everything's, nothing matters anymore. Like credibility wise or whatever. It's like <laughs> making Doritos commercial, no one gives a shit. But I think like, especially back in the day, you didn't want your first hit to be a, a cover and you didn't want your biggest hit to be a Christmas song. Well, how different is that then? Let's say you're, you're a, a rap artist who has mm -hmm. a sample, who the biggest hook is the sample. Look at, or Beck, who a lot of his songs were, the people love the, the hook. The hook is the sample from, you know, a, star, uh, a Motown star or a, a star from the 60s. How is that? In, in fact, I would think that's worse because you're not even covering the song. You're just lifting the hook and just adding a couple words to it. I mean, I guess it depends on the artist and, and how much yeah. they sweat that and how much they're like, right. look at all this money, baby. Um, Cause I know like uh, Trent Reznor gave Marilyn Manson shit for covering uh, um, damn what song blue Monday. Oh, okay. Is that the, the song? What the new order song? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like because he, he basically did like it felt like such a like beat for beat cover. So I don't know. That's a whole nother can of worms. Credibility, you know. Uh, it's Christmas, so everything is forgiven. I guess, just like yeah. uh, just like all the songs say, it's time to put all your your ill will aside and just you know. Act like it's each other right. and save the children and uh, save the children. There's your heart away for a transplant to uh, this. <laughs> let me tell you what your 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 uh, crazy fantasy about making a mixtape for a woman and her playing it for a guy and him being like that was a pretty cool dude. You donate your heart. You're dying, you know. And you're like, hey, if I get hit by a bus, give my heart to Rebecca, and then Rebecca, who needs a heart, a girl you dated. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, that's like you know it would be funny if you're like i'll give her my heart but i also she also needs to listen to this cd <laughs> Just listen to this tape. 
that's your ultimate that's weird fantasy. That's your ultimate weird fantasy of a girl yeah. being like, Paul, man, not only did he give me his heart, he gave me this mix CD to listen to. And then on the mix CD, I would have the mix CD of all the bands that I was in covering every song. Did you? What would you do around Christmas time? Did you cover any Christmas songs? No, we did cover Faith and we covered, uh, we covered Careless Whisper. Um, I don't remember doing any Christmas songs um, or any holiday songs for that matter, but I could did be wrong. Did you guys ever do mashups? We did a lot of uh, medleys where we go into a bunch of songs. Uh, the band Shoeshine Boy did a very popular uh, Forever in Blue Jeans by Neil Diamond into Franklin's Tower by Grateful Dead into Fish Song. But that was, you know, that was any holiday. Okay. Every day was a holiday for us. But Go Tom covered Faith and uh, Dan Dara had a, a song, Careless Whisper cover that went on to do well. I, I think it's been licensed on some stuff. Does I Wilco have, have any Christmas songs? I feel like they're a band who would have some Christmas songs. Who's that? Does Wilco have any Christmas songs? Uh, I don't think so. I could be wrong. Jeff Tweedy would make like a pretty cool Christmas. I think Jeff Tweedy has some stuff going on for, he does a lot of Christmas shows. And I, I know that he does that uh, Second City thing every year. Yeah. Which I think just happened uh, oh, did they do virtually. It? Someone uh, messaged me, uh, saying are you going to second city for the show i'm like there's no shows right now at second you didn't city. want to cover it for the podcast now that we're uh, now that we're like really official music insiders in chicago i think i just for the record we actually are because our podcast <laughs> without unbeknownst to me <laughs> how dumb is this <laughs> nominated for a music for the best music podcast in the chicago reader do you know what any of the other ones were I, I recognize uh, James Van Osdell, friend of the show. Ah. Uh, was the Alchemy Trio podcast where they do the song? Know. It oh wasn't a lot. I, I, I looked at it briefly because I was just checking. Someone's like, you got nominated. Because I, I told people to nominate or that Singles Only was nominated for podcast. And they're like, what about Make Us a Mixtape? I'm like, it wasn't nominated. They're like, yes, it is. And then I looked and I saw that we were nominated. So. Hey. So all you tape heads, thank you. If we thank do you to all the tape heads out there. Uh, we are was, I think you know, we, just, we just bullshitted this into existence now. We are music insiders in Chicago. Now there's no fucking places to go see music, but we could have gotten on all the guest lists and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, interviewed we, anybody who came to town. I think that by the time this airs, the nomination process will be over. But if we do get in the top three or whatever, you can vote for us in January. Uh, okay. And then imagine if we are the best music podcast in the Chicago Reader. <laughs> that would be like how comics win it. And you're like, you're the best comic in Chicago. Get out of here. We'll see what happens. But we'll see how it happens. But hey, it's just an honor to be nominated with uh, people like James Van Oz. Oh, yeah. James is a fucking monster. I think he's won it already. So yeah. I imagine it's time for the new kids on the block to win the uh, the best podcast. <laughs> it is time for the new the new kids because we're young and young and and, and uh, with our own hearts that we haven't donated to anyone. Yeah. Well, that's our episode, Marty. Uh, please subscribe, review us, vote for us if we're not. Vote for us. Who knew? Uh, so Paul funny. Marty, Paul Marty makes at gmail.com. We're gonna go out on the song that uh, will definitely get us on the youtube uh list of uh red flags for copyright violations here's the uh 
Marilyn Manson, All I Want for Christmas mashup. Is this? Oh, I'm watching the video. It's great. Oh man, it's disturbing. Give this oh. gift to anybody who loves music and they want <laughs> And it's mixed in with the Mariah Carey video. The best. All right. Thank you all for listening to another edition or watching. Make us a mixtape. Be safe out there. I'm <laughs> not